Hello and welcome. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I just want to ask you guys: Is it okay if I make a hide the kids joke about Davis's mustache, or is that not acceptable? Because <laughs> that's what I was gonna do, but I don't know if that's PC. Is that PC? Probably not PC, but I'm all here. I'm here to push the envelope, my friend. Right. It's all your right. brand on the line. Oh, man. Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Long Shot Podcast. I am your host, Duncan Robinson, and I'm here with my good friend, as always, Davis Patrick Reed. Davis sporting a, a mustache, I might add. Bold choice from you, Dave. Thank you. It's uh, I'm going to be honest with you. This was birthed out of laziness. I shaved my face this morning. Didn't really feel like touching the upper lip. And so here's where we are. Um, kind of rocking it, though, if I don't say so myself. Uh, I think you might be the only one <laughs> who's thinking that you're rocking it. I also realized that I allude to things that people can watch on YouTube and half of our listeners are not on YouTube. But uh, to, to paint a picture for you guys, Davis is sporting a highly questionable mustache. Uh, he seems to be a fan of it. Um, like I said, he, he might be the only one. But nonetheless, uh, when Davis and I were in person this past weekend, you were not, you did not have that uh, <laughs> that, that mustache rocking. But uh, it, I see you've, you've made a change since the weekend. Well, I've been watching a lot of Ted Lasso, so I think maybe this is inspired by him. I didn't go into it with that in mind, but now that we're here and I'm reflecting, I think maybe that's it. Uh, shout out to Ted Lasso. Yeah, Ted Lasso is a great show. Um, huge Jason Sudeikis fan. Kansas City native, I believe. Is that correct? You better believe it. Shawnee Mission West, there backup point guard. He wow. shouts that out in an SNL skit uh, with LeBron. Uh, fun fact, but yes, Kansas City native. Actually, trying to get him on this podcast, Dunk. So maybe we put that into the universe. We manifest it. Hope so, uh, Jason. If you're watching this, you're probably not, but we'd love to have you on here. No um, chance you are. We had a fantastic weekend in the great state of Michigan. Uh, Davis now resides in Ann Arbor. I made a trip back for the first football game. Uh, if you were not tuned in to how that game went uh, in the big house. St- Put it simply for you, Michigan football is back. Uh, I am I am fully on the bandwagon. Uh, a blowout win versus Western Michigan, and I just don't know how to act. I'm here rocking my my Michigan ring shirt, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, I I don't know. There was just something special in the air in Ann Arbor. I don't know if you felt it, but it it was palpable. It was my first game in the big house. The energy was great, I will say. But let's pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know if a win against Western Michigan means that the program is back. Uh, but it was great to have fans back in the in the stadium. I uh, We get into this a little bit with Mo, but I am staying in a house that's very close to the stadium. So I could feel the energy on Saturday morning as soon as I woke up. If there were any questions about whether Michigan is a football school or a basketball school, I met a couple neighbors the week I moved here, and every single one of them brought up football within the first 30 seconds, uh, none of which were curious about whether I was a basketball fan or not. So I think this is a a football school. It's unquestionably a football school. It's actually a reality that I've been forced to face. And, you know, it was a constant point of contention when I was at school there because while I was there, our basketball team was, was pretty good. 
Um, I, I have some hardware to, to show for it, if you will. Uh, mostly back to back Big Ten championships. We can go ahead and, and put it out there. A run to the Final Four. It's actually Big Ten tournament championships, uh, and pretty much all three of our the rings that we were able to gather were because of our guest that we're having on later in the show, True. and not not because of yours truly. But uh, yeah, my point being is that you know while we were there, the, the basketball team was really good. The football team was not, but we had to deal with the harsh reality that no matter how we did, we could you know go undefeated. We could be the number one team in the country. We could go to the Final Four. Uh, we only did one of those those three things, <laughs> by the way. But at the end of the day, people were still going to care more about football. And I think that it just kind of added to the chip on the shoulder um, consistently because it just made you think like, you know, no matter what you did, uh, you still weren't loved the way that you felt you deserved to be loved. Um, you know, just like a, a hungry dog runs faster. I think that's a saying. Um, oh, and God. and we were we were kept hungry because people were always loving up on the football team. And I'll just I'll just go out and say it. I think the football team got comfortable. I really do. I think that they were kind of resting on their laurels. You know, winning his program in history. Bo Schembechler, yeah. uh, enthusiasm unknown to mankind. All these things. And the football players just thought that they could show up and that was going to guarantee him you know a winning record or a championship um now with that being said now that i've graduated i've removed myself from those social dynamics i'm back on the football bandwagon uh and i'm ready to support uh you know jim and the boys i love that first of all i feel motivated i'm not a michigan football guy but after that uh trash talk i'm i'm ready to prove you wrong um, I, it's hard for me to have sympathy for you because I was fortunate enough to come visit you in Ann Arbor after your final four run. And you would have thought that you were, you know, goddamn Barack Obama, the way that you were getting treated is like not paying for anything. It's almost like you had secret service following you around. Maybe you did. Uh, I don't know, but it was like, there's a listers and then there's like, uh, S tier celebrities, you know what I mean? Like there's the Leonardo DiCaprio's, the Jay-Z's, the Beyonce's, the, those, it's almost like they've surpassed a list. Uh, that was kind of where you were at the weekend that Stop. I was with you after that final four run. That's, that's a bunch of malarkey, uh, right there. If anything, Mo, I, I, and I, I mean this honestly, like we joke about it in our, in our little conversation, but like if anything, Mo had that status and it was largely because Mo was really, really good. He was our best player. And Mo was also like, you know, it's like the big foreign guy. He's like the seven footer who like, you know, is just kind of like running into people because, you know, he's, he's just like so big and, and he's goofy and he's funny. Uh, I was just kind of like, I was like a wallflower, you know, I was just kind of like in the corner, um, you know, like a, a <laughs> just, just like a, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, a supporting cast, you know, that's, that's kind of what I was. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, after we did uh, go on our run, it was a great time. Those those last three weeks or so uh, before I officially left campus and collected my diploma, because uh, that is one thing I have over Mo is that I've graduated from the University of Michigan and he has not. You've got a bunch of diplomas. You have what two high school diplomas, college diploma that took you seven years. Uh, I have two. I actually uh, I was a double major in college as well, Davis. So please uh, do not discredit my schooling. Um, anyways. Anything else we want to unpack from the weekend? No, not really. I mean, we get into some of this with Mo. Uh, we also go with him for like an hour, over an hour. So it, uh, maybe we just get to the conversation. We'll let we'll let that conversation speak for itself. The, the last thing I do want to bring up uh, before we get to our Reddit question of the week is I think we need to workshop the long shotters 
community name a little bit. That's just, that is terrible by our part. Uh, I, I, here's some suggestions I got for you. Maybe we just go long shots. Maybe we go underdogs. You know, we talk a lot about brick by brick. Maybe we, maybe our community is the brick layers. Maybe they're the shot takers, the shooters. I don't know. There's, there's going to be something that's better than long shotters. That's not even a, that's not a thing. I hate, I hate brick layers um, because that implies you taking a missing shots. And I actually, I dislike shot takers. I would prefer shot makers um, because there's a, there's a discrepancy there between shot takers and shot makers. Sure. Um, So if I had to choose one of the two, it would be shot makers, but I actually, I I don't hate long shotters, but we we can just open that up to the community. Um, You can submit in in whatever forum you so choose. You know, we have a plethora of options. Uh, Anyways, let's get to the Reddit question of the week. We'll keep this one brief so we can just kind of keep it rolling here because like David said, we we went for a while with Mo. Yeah, so this is actually a mailbag leftover question uh, that I do not know the answer to. Way of Cedric J asked uh, what the most points you've ever scored in a game is. It's a good good question, Cedric. Um, 42 is the short answer. And actually, Davis, it's interesting that you don't know that because you were on my team when that happened. Uh, it's f- kind of an illegitimate setting, I'll be honest with you. No, we, no, no. I, I would say quite the opposite, actually. So you do know what I'm talking well, about then? Ne- I do remember this game. I didn't know that was your career high. But yeah, go on. You tell the story. Um, basically, after our year of playing high school basketball together, Davis and I had the opportunity to go on a trip abroad um, to Iceland, Denmark, and Sweden, I believe, was the, yes. the trifecta. And uh, we played against some semi-professional and professional teams, like lower-level lower, lower level division teams over there. And I had 42 in one of the games. And that's that's my high. Never surpassed 42. It's I think it's funny because like a lot of times when people ask NBA players this question, it's like, oh yeah, I had like 65 in high school or I had 74 in AAU or, you know, it's just some crazy number. 42 is like really not overly impressive. Um, and for that, actually, if you wanted to take like actual legitimate games like high school or college, I think my high is, I want to say like 35. So it's even like less impressive. Uh, well, I'll, f- I'll push back on that. Both of those numbers are pretty impressive and you're underselling this game. We, so like you said, we're a bunch of 18 year olds just graduated high school or, or prep school at Phillips Exeter. We got uh, the opportunity to go over to these three countries in Europe and play, like you said, some of these semi-professional teams. But th- this game you're talking about was the one like legitimate professional team that we played. This was the best team that we played over there. We went six and zero. I just want to point that out real quick we went six and oh but this was like a legitimate team and it was by far the most competitive game it was neck and neck and i do remember yeah you just kind of dominated i think when people look back on your high school career and we talk about this at length but it was not at all apparent that you were an nba player you were good but i remember that being one of those games where it was like holy shit duncan is really good like that was it was one of those like breakout moments where it started to become apparent about maybe what your ceiling could be cuz again these were grown men a legitimate professional team over there i think this was in denmark yeah it was in denmark and yeah you had a legitimate 42 we're just hitting shots all over the place and you carried us to a win a game that we honestly should not have won as 18 year olds uh, and so, you know, let's just, let's call it what it is. 42 is an impressive number and keeping in mind who we were playing against, the difference between grown men and 18 year olds is drastic, uh, but they could not hold you. 
Uh, amidst your little soliloquy, I realized what my second highest was. And it's actually 34, which was in the NBA. In high Whoa. school, in high school, I never scored more than 32. College, I never scored more than 30. So my actual, if you take that out, my career high was not in high school or college, but actually as a professional, uh, which was against the Atlanta Hawks. Wow. I remember that game. That's impressive. Like you said, there are probably a lot of NBA guys who can say, yeah, my career high is you know, AAU game where I had 60. So for your second highest game ever to be in the NBA is pretty impressive. Well done. Um, anyways, that's, there's a nice, uh, Reddit question and brought back some, <laughs> some good memories of that trip. Uh, what do we got next? We got a long shot feature, I believe. Yeah. You take it away. All right. I'm going to go with Grant Dubose. Does that sound right? Last name Dubose. Yeah, uh, I think that's right. He is a wide receiver who was playing Division II football last year at Miles College, which is in Alabama. When the season got canceled, he started working three jobs, like just to, to put some food on the table. Now he's at Charlotte, Division I program, and they just upset Duke last week to open up their season. He had four catches, 118 yards, and two touchdowns. So to go from playing Division II season ending working three jobs and then you know two touchdowns and over 100 yards against an ACC program is uh that's a pretty quick turnaround that is a pretty quick and impressive turnaround I saw the uh, post-game conference with uh, the head coach at Charlotte and he was just raving about this kid his attitude his work ethic how grateful he has been for the opportunity to play division one football uh so you know those are that's a pretty good combination of things to be to be successful a good attitude uh grateful uh being grateful and working hard no that's a that's a quality recipe for success um anyways let's just keep pushing forward here because like we said we we do run it with mo for quite some time uh i think this is a fun one with mo i mean mo and i obviously go way back you and mo go way back well kind of kind of way back um and, and the three of us were just basically just chopping it up in his house slash your house uh and, and it was a good time i thought mo provided a lot of insightful information and uh, i think you get to see who he is outside of just uh you know the the agitator that he's like come to be known as no i we say this a lot so i don't want it to start to lose its meaning but this is one of my favorite ones like you said, we we're all we're, we go all over the place. He has some moments where he talks about being a big brother that I thought were really uh, you know impactful. He talks about dealing with adversity in the NBA and sort of finding happiness. But then we also have some fun and talk about you know him getting headbutted by Giannis and uh, you know some good stuff. One quick story that we didn't get to that I I want to bring up is because I can't believe we didn't talk about this and and we'll get him back on and maybe we'll talk about it. But one of my favorite moments of your college career is Big Ten tournament. You guys beat Michigan State. You have a late and one layup to sort of ice the game, to seal it. Madison Square Garden, mind you. Madison Square Garden. In Madison Square Garden, the place is rocking. Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, come on. And you hit this late game and one and you go to the crowd and you're just losing your mind. Like as hype as I've ever seen you. And Mo, we, we talk about this with him a lot, but he's a very eccentric, you know, uh, wears his heart on his sleeve, a lot of emotion on the court guy. He just butts right in front of you 
and starts yelling at the crowd himself. It's like, just absolutely takes your moment away from you. It is absolutely hilarious, but just, you know, a lot of emotion. Maybe I'll cut him a little slack, a lot of emotion. Uh, Titus and Tate, who are fellow podcasters, peers, coworkers of ours, if you will. We've actually had Titus on the show. Uh, coined it beautifully when they said it was just like stolen valor because it was it, it was a big moment for me. You know, I, I, I don't get a lot of and ones, first off. No. no, no, no. Second off, you know, I, I finally, I, I drive right and one. The game's kind of over. I think it put us up like 11 or 12 with like under a minute to go. And I go right over to the family section, which is right there in front of it. And it's in the Northeast, so I got a lot of people there, a lot of people. And I'm screaming to my my family first, but then just like you know the the larger Michigan fan base, which is all there. And Mo just like drops like a, a shoulder on me and just kind of like wedges me out of the way and just like <laughs> steps into the moment. Mind you, Mo had nothing to do with the play. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, he claims that he was trying to celebrate with me, but if you look at it, and hopefully we can like kind of thread this video into, into at least the YouTube video, uh, he very clearly just like steals the moment, like entirely. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, fun stuff, really. Well, can you... What did you say? What did you yell? What did you say to the crowd? It's a great question. Um, it was one of those moments where, like I said, I don't get a lot of end ones. So when I did, I, I kind of like surprised myself. Then all of a sudden you're like, you have all this emotion. You're so excited and you have to say something. And in the moment, I like, I didn't even realize what I was saying, but I just screamed to everybody and I said, I do this for my fucking city, <laughs> which makes no sense. Like what, what city am I? Like I grew up in a small town, uh, I guess maybe Boston, but like, that's not really even my city. Uh, but in that moment, it just felt so right that I just had to run with it. Like I probably should have like went for a more traditional, like let's go or like, you know, something <laughs> like that. Um, but I was like screaming it so loud to the point where like, I actually got like lightheaded after the fact for the free throw. I think I missed the free throw um, because I was still lightheaded. I do this for my fucking city is yeah. amazing. That's, special, that's an all time. Special moment, special moment for sure. Made no sense at all. Uh, or maybe no, implying that maybe implying that New York was my city. I don't know. I, <laughs> no, I don't no, know. no. You are repping for Newcastle. That and one layup was for Newcastle, New Hampshire. Come on now. We're putting it on the map. If anybody knows Newcastle, it's like a quaint little like New England town, like the furthest thing from a city. Uh so for me to to be on you know the Mecca, the floor of the Mecca and claim Newcastle as a city uh, is, is pretty outlandish. But anyways, we should have, we really should have talked to that conversation with Mo to give him a chance to defend himself. But then again, he doesn't deserve the opportunity to defend Agreed. himself. Um, anyways, hope you guys enjoy this combo with Mo. We certainly did. Uh, Davis is just throwing around favorite episode for every, or favorite interview for every yeah. interview. So like, I mean, it. just kind of losing validity here, but uh, here's the thing. Yeah. I mean it every time. Anyways, hope you guys enjoy this. Hello and welcome back in to the Longshot Podcast. We have an incredibly special guest here with you today, uh, hailing all the way from Berlin, Germany. 
uh, a legend in those streets, if you will, made his way over to the wonderful state of Michigan, uh, where some believe that he laid the hardwood in the Chrysler Center. Yeah. Uh, Moritz Wagner went on to be the 25th overall pick in the 2018 NBA draft uh, and has since bounced around a little bit in his NBA career, uh, but has found a home in Orlando. And uh, above all that, a great friend of both of ours, and we are just incredibly fortunate to have him here with us today. Uh, Moritz, welcome to the Long Shot Podcast. Woo! Yeah! Woo! It's an honor. Finally, we made it happen. It really is an honor. I'm, I'm curious, you know, you have a lot of accolades, quite a few, uh, you know, all-conference, first-round pick. I think you were an All-American, no? No. Um, well, you were... I appreciate that, though. You were a stone's throw away. Where does coming on the long shot rank amidst all those accomplishments? This is for sure my highlight of the summer. Okay. I, sure. I thought you were... I, it I thought doesn't you were, really answer the question. It doesn't answer the question. And no, it also, it's definitely something I put on my resume. Good. Um, yeah. I'm excited. I don't know. I don't know how to rank it, but that's okay. I'm I mean, excited to be here. I, we put you on the spot a little bit with that one. Also, for those of you uh, listening and maybe watching at home, uh, there is a little bit of a language barrier. Yeah, uh, Mo <laughs> hails from Germany. I do not speak English still after um, six years. No, I mean honestly, it's it's pretty impressive to see what you've become because I remember a uh, you know a wide-eyed German boy getting off the plane in uh, you know Detroit. For the first time, and you really couldn't speak English at all. Okay, you. I mean, that's not true. It was very, very limited. We've come. We've come a You've long come way. You've come a long way. Yes, I think I, I'll take it as a compliment. I think it's important that. to maintain perspective over these types of accomplishments um, because now I see you interact, and it's just it's a beautiful thing. In many ways, uh, you know, obviously we're teammates, close friends. But uh, you know, you're like a younger brother to me. <laughs> oh my god! So to Gross. see, so to so see, weird. so to see you, you know, just develop into uh, you know the man you are today is uh, it's truly <laughs> oh, special. Jesus. This is a portion of the podcast where we're we're gonna build you up. There's yeah. gonna be one yeah. where we break you. No, down. I'm sure, sure. they will. Yeah. No, um, we're here. So we're here in Ann Arbor. That's right. In my house. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to correct you. Yeah. Well, uh, we should clarify that a little bit. I mean, we, we don't need to disclose any uh, you know address information, thank you. Yeah. but uh, we are in Ann Arbor. Does somebody want to take the take the story of kind of whose house this really is? You, I mean, I, I can say it's my house and you live in it, but it's, yeah. it's cooler if you say it. It's Mo's house. Yeah. But you are officially my landlord. So I signed Davis the contract and, wife, and everything. Yeah, Davis and his wife are my tenants. That's so, right. And, and, and his daughter is dog, right? Yes, my daughter, my dog. <laughs> so we have a lot of different relationship dynamics at play. Obviously, we have friends. Yeah. Uh, we have a landlord-tenant relationship between you two. We have a competitive relationship <laughs> between us two. For sure. Uh, you know, those uh, those southeastern rivals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. The Miami Heat and the Orlando Magic. That's true. Um, yeah. But no, I'm... I mean, honestly, this is uh, this is going to be a great episode. Really, you know, we just want to kind of reminisce on some great times. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of them between us, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just, it's been long overdue. All of us sitting down here, so it's true. Well, we so we've been together the last three weeks. That's right, three we've weekends. Been, three yeah, weekends. yeah, three weekends. We've been together in different parts of the country, and each weekend we've planned on doing this, and each weekend it has fallen through. Uh, variety of reasons, but we finally get the chance to sit down together. And what better place to do it than in Moe's city? Stop it. Ann Arbor, Michigan. So before we keep talking, I have one question. This isn't live, right? 
No, it's okay, not. Okay, no. so we can cut things out. 100%. Yeah, you can also curse. That's a beautiful. Yeah. Cursing in English and uh, in, your <laughs> in, native, in your in native, native tongue, tongue. Yeah. Uh, is both encouraged. That um, encouraged, really. I mean, in some in some cases. So you guys evolved a little bit as a podcast because in the beginning, I've kind of got the sense that you were very worried. Not worried, but like... aware of reputation oh i still feel that way and i so i mean just to paint the picture the three of us are sitting in the living room in this house that is kind of mo's kind of mine and there's an iphone set up on a tripod there's a couple of our friends around the house yeah but that's it and i still i'm so cautious about what we say because it feels like if i say something wrong or slip up we're going to get in trouble for it but then you forget it's just us, and we can cut any of this stuff out and i mean it's working so you guys been (laughs) great so far so i can't you know, I can't say anything. Well, I, I want to get back to what Davis re- originally brought up. Seeing you walk around this campus. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the last 24 hours. No, no I mean, listen, listen. I, I said we were going to pump your tires for the beginning of the show. Seeing you walk around this campus and the energy that you just evoke out of everybody else, uh, it's truly a, a sight to see. I just want to know, do you feel that there is anybody on your level when it comes to Michigan <laughs> Do I hate stardom? when you do this? Seriously, really- the combination of you being seven foot, you have a very you know gregarious, that's a fantastic word. Word of the day. Gregarious Ding. personality. Is that a category? Because it's with gonna, Duncan, yeah. you should do that. It's going to become sure. one. But to see people just light up when they see Moritz Wagner, <laughs> oh. uh, you know, maybe walking down State Street, maybe walking yeah. down South U. No, so we were, we were driving around campus yesterday, yeah. and Duncan said, God, if you were here three years ago, that house used to have a cutout of Mo in the window. No, it did. <laughs> it was like that. So, and it still is. But my, my, my point is, I appreciate that. Thank you. My point about this is what I hate him when he does this is that he does forgets to mention that there was a cutout from him next to that. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's not like there really wasn't. Nobody was nobody <laughs> it's was not putting like up people cutouts. Don't know Duncan Robinson. Nobody was putting up cutouts of the guy that was standing in the right corner for thirty minutes a game and just okay, now you that's came. not true either. So Well, so let me say this. We went to the Michigan football game earlier today. Yeah. So we were walking around campus. There are a lot of students there. The big house, as I've learned, biggest football stadium in the country. Yes. That's, a, that's factual. I learned that this we week. Are, yeah. But so I've been taking personal inventory because I'm very interested in this question. Who's a bigger name on this campus? And I will say, it seems like it's you, Mo. Just the way, <laughs> I don't I, think it's close. I'm hearing a lot of like, oh my God, it's Duncan Robinson. Duncan, Duncan. But it's two times the amount Mo Wagner's. Well, whatever that means. I'm not sure if that's a good I'll thing. I'll tell you what it means. It, it means you're a Michigan legend. Stop it. We, I mean, I will say this too. My brother helped me a little bit to keep that name uh, alive. I buy um, that. I will you say the, I mean? the Wagner name is strong on this campus. Yeah. So last night I got yelled at by a student um, and he kept yelling at me, Franz, Franz, Franz. And it kind of hurts my pride a little <laughs> yeah, bit. You know, I don't really yeah, care when people talk that. to me, but kind of hurt my pride a little bit. And he was like, I don't know, in a, not in a great mood. And I ignored him because I was pissed. <laughs> And he kept walking up to me. I was like kind of in the restroom. It was kind of weird. It's like, dude, I'm not Franz. Leave me the hell alone. So that's the only thing that's kind of like bothering me. But other than that, it's kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. To walk through here with Franz, um, it's it's pretty sick. Well, you bring up Franz. Uh, not that we're ready to, to kind of push the, the Michigan stuff in the, the rear view. Yeah, we'll be back to that. Uh, we'll, we'll touch back on it. But since you brought it up, 
Uh, we played pickup this morning. Yes, we uh, did. The three of us were on the same team. That was fun, by the and way. It was. It was a blast. We haven't played you, together in a while. You were uh, you were letting two people see the basketball, the floor, and the rim. Uh, <laughs> once once the ball since made we're the Chrysler, way. Since we're Chrysler. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean it was it was a great time. Uh, the three of us were on the same team, and actually. I I realized it, but you actually spoke to it right after we got done playing. How much fun it is to play with Franz, and how easy it is to play with Franz. Yeah, and I mean, people have this like I don't know, like people don't know this, but I've never get to play with Franz, never in my life. I've oh, got against Franz when, when we were little. Yeah, I mean, we would get sick of each other playing against each other. Obviously, I mean, everybody who has brothers or sisters knows this. There's a very competitive level to that stuff, very competitive dynamic, especially if you play the same sport. So. Yes, Franz and I have played a lot of one on ones in our in our in our childhood, and at some point we just stopped because um, it would lead to trouble. Franz, or neither him or me, are great losers. So Franz, there are stories of Franz kicking the ball into like streets or bushes because he was pissed, even though like he has no business winning against me. He was like five years younger at that, like he was just not there yet. But um, so I've never played with him. You know what I mean, like. That is like for a bigger brother. That's like so cool to see your younger brother play the way he does, and then be such a good teammate too. It's like so easy to play with him, and uh, yeah, it's easy to cheer him on. It's kind of dope. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's amazing. Your guys' mannerisms are identical on the court. You chirp at the opponent the same way. <laughs> you argue foul calls the same way. And it scares, like, you know what scares me? When he does, like, when I do the mannerisms and I'm frustrated or, like, I, I talk shit or whatever happens, like, I don't see it, right? But, like, now I see it and it scares me. And I'm like, bro, if that's me, I'm just, sorry for my teammates. I was going to say, does it help you realize how fucking annoying no, I, like, it I, is? <laughs> like, today I took a bad shot, like you said. I took a bunch of them. But I took a bad shot and he had a great cut. He probably was open. And he gave me this, like, shoulder shrug. It was like... Dude, what are you doing? Man? I'm just like, this is my little brother. He's looking at me like so disappointed and pissed. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. I'm run run my ass back. <laughs> I will say there are there's a lot of carryover in like mannerisms and even like particular moves, how you guys play and like how you move on the court. But your personalities are very different. Yeah. I mean, he is the fact that he said something to you is like even surprises me. Not that he's like really quiet but he's like much more introverted than you are and kind of handles himself in a different yeah way. what that is correct what pisses me off about that narrative too though people always think he's shy that's he's the, not shy yeah no, he, like he's what like i give him a lot of credit when he gets into a room he's very like observant he checks out his surroundings extremely intelligent and he like tries to get a feel for everybody whereas when i come in the room i just say whatever the fuck i want and don't think at first so he's like very observant very intelligent with his choice of words and try to figure everybody out first and then once you get to know or once he like opens up it's like he's like hilarious has a very dry humor and like it's like a lot of fun and also for a big brother once you kind of hit that point um where your brother is old enough that uh you guys are both adults there's no big brother, little brother thing anymore. It's like you talk about the same stuff. You have similar interests. And uh, it's kind of cool to see. Like he's independent. He does his own stuff. And um, yeah, it's cool to see him evolve like that. It is amazing. I feel that exact same way with my little brother. The difference between like a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old is so much different than a 24-year-old and a 20-year-old. 100%. It is like you guys become peers. 
Yeah, 100%. And at a certain point, like, I remember when we were in D.C., he stayed with me during the corona time, during the lockdown. We would go to the gym. And I was like, dude, this is so sick because it used to be me, like, running drills or doing stuff. And now I'm, like, literally asking him, how does he make this move? And, like, I asking him questions. And we can – it's, like, on one level – we we have a basketball conversation. He has this very strong basketball opinion. We talk about it. And it's like for a big brother, that's like so cool. Sometimes it's also not easy to let go of that, but like to let go of that big brother role. But then once you accept that, it's like it's like the best thing in the world. It's because you give up responsibility. It's like really cool. I was gonna say I, I think it speaks volumes also to who you are as a person because I think like you said, it's not easy as an older brother who obviously you've experienced a lot, a lot of success, but then also to see your younger brother come 100%. on and, and have attention and, and, you know, be drafted in the lottery and, and do all these sorts of things. But one thing I've noticed being, you know, close to both of you guys is how supportive you've been throughout the entirety of the process, which I can only imagine means so much to him because I know how much he really looks up to you as well. 100%. And you speaking about a great point. I mean, that is psychologically for a bigger brother never easy when you when you when you realize that okay your younger brother is doing something and you your entire life gave a hundred percent and he's like you can tell like he's really really good at what you've been doing too and then at some point you got to kind of let go of that moment okay we getting compared all the time because he's just different he's a different human being and then you just get into a stage where you it's just simply support and you support him whatever he does and you kind of try to forget okay he's he's my younger brother and it's supposed to be like that what makes it really hardest though like people coming up to you and and asking you questions about it or telling you like oh you younger brothers who's better like in that narrative yeah, is yeah. like who's the better, better wagner i was like i don't i don't really give a shit i still whoop your ass but i i don't i don't <laughs> <laughs> wait who's ass hold on <laughs> But like I really don't like I don't I don't that that's not a narrative that, that that my brother and I are concerned about when we're celebrating Thanksgiving together or whatever German like different German. Celebrate. You celebrated Thanksgiving in this house actually it's right here. I, I heard actually. that story. Great, 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 best Thanksgiving ever. We I think we spoke a total of like a hundred words that day and like just watched basketball and football and ate. That's Thanksgiving. And that was it. I uh, I want to kind of stay on this for a second, like the emotional maturity thing, because you know I, I watched you come in, I, I recruited you on your visit, and, and we'll maybe talk about that. There's some, there's some <laughs> gems from that as well. Um, but I watched you come in, and like right from the jump, you just had this like fiery competitive nature, and you couldn't necessarily control it and like harness it in the right way but you had something that it was like truly unique and I think everybody acknowledged it like as soon as you would step into any competitive setting you would change the dynamic of everything and in some cases whether for better or worse because you would like kind of take it to that place but in more cases than not it was always for better now I think at Michigan you like grew a lot in like learning how to harness it in the right way. But I think what I've seen the most in your professional career as a close friend of yours and like hearing you talk about your performances and your situations is the growth emotionally to like understand because I, I we've talked about this before, Davis and I on this on this podcast, that how much 
particularly the highest levels of basketball is between the ears and that everybody can play the skill the skill discrepancy is is tight so what ultimately ends up being the separator is between the ears and i've watched you grow so much and and i'm curious is like do you do you feel that or is it something that's like been so kind of meticulous and incremental over time that like you don't necessarily feel that change because i think everybody who knows you has watched it change drastically um well that's a good point i think i mean with a competitive like first of all i think you went through something similar oh I mean, for sure 100 like i think um in a different learning curve but i mean i think everybody ba everybody goes through that in some type of way in whatever job they do but the thing with basketball players is they're in, in the spotlight and they get measured by results and how many teams they played on how much money they make and that makes it really hard because for you as a human being you i don't want to throw out happiness because that's not necessarily something you should like chase every day but just having this like i don't know like just the joy of life just like living day by day and being okay with it being at peace with that and not chasing some contract and because i always tell myself like okay four years ago i went to the gym because i fucking love basketball not because i was chasing some contract or because I, I was chasing um being finding a home you know i just like enjoyed playing and that's really like that's something i'm getting back to and i haven't had in in, in years just that like that 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 peace with myself that it's okay where I'm at right now. And, um, I, I don't care like how many times you get traded or how many teams you on, like you, you kind of have to find a, I don't know how to say it, but you kind of have to find, it can't consume you. If your job can consume your daily approach, your daily happiness and all that stuff, like how you live your life, like that, that stuff cannot, consume you because then you lost then then I, I in my opinion i don't know what's your opinion on that i mean you going through similar stuff obviously on a different level but that's something i've i've, I've definitely grown on and that's why i'm very grateful i went through last year too because it really like getting waved i remember being here and like that was the last time i was in arbor after i got waved because i i didn't know where to go it's kind of weird because i'm from berlin so where the hell do i go like i've always lived where i've played at so I don't know. I didn't know what to do, so I just came here for some reason and hung out with Franz. I just I didn't know what to do, and so Harry uh, and I just worked out like three times a day. And um, it's like I've I've gotten to know that okay, the only I've never would have thought that I would have gotten waved, gotten to the point that I that somebody can wave me. That was never in my thought process. And then I don't know. Thinking about it, it's like the the only guy you have to like get along with is still yourself. That's the that's the person you have to be at peace with, if, whether you waived, whether you signed a big deal, whether you I don't know in some city for five ten years, like you got to be at peace with yourself. So I'm very grateful for that um, for that experience and uh, where I'm at now mentally. Yeah, I think the I remember having that conversation with you when obviously you you have like the the carpet pulled out from underneath you yeah but the biggest kind of moment of it was like where do i go because you know for example i had the luxury of like if something like that were to happen 
I have my family here a flight away. And for you, it's like, all right, well, I I still want to play in the NBA and want to be picked up somewhere. So, like, it doesn't make sense for you to go back to Germany. No. Um, But I also think that speaks to, like, how impressive it is. I think people still overlook that. As a 17-year-old, 18-year-old. 18, yeah. Yeah, you came over here. Well, 17-year-old, you made the decision. Yeah. um, To come over here and leave an entire life of, of comfort, which you'd established and built up to be here. Um, you referenced earlier the challenges of being in the spotlight and, and your first year in the NBA was probably as much of a spotlight as there possibly could be. <laughs> it was a circus. I mean, you have people talk about like the glory of playing for the Lakers, but there's like an underbelly of playing for the Lakers as well. 100%. Um, especially in that situation, which I think we can all kind of acknowledge in hindsight was kind of a, a like setup for failure in ways is lebron's first year yeah for you have those a first year lebron they go out and get these these veterans to surround him and it just obviously didn't mix you had this crazy cast of characters what was that year like and i know that's kind of a broad question but like kind of learning to like wrestle with that situation as a 19 year old who 21 let's not as a I kid mean, i mean i was legal at that point so he was a man. <laughs> as a kid no but in los still, angeles no i i mean now it's also it's also the thing right now in retrospect if you look at it as a whole and it's like kind of easy to say it's a crazy situation but when you in there like it's your day-to-day life you don't think about it much like and I didn't, in addition to that, it was my first year too. So I didn't know it any other way. Like I, I came to work, I enjoyed it and I tried to make the best out of it every day. And now obviously I know that that's not normal, but it's easy to say that now. Back then I was just like happy to be there and kind of have the experience. And you also don't want to admit that it's a bad situation. Like nobody wants to do that. Wants to say, yeah, right. I'm in a bad spot right now. Nobody, that's, that's against your nature as a human being. So for me, I tried to like, trying to embrace it embrace it um obviously now when you look at it it's like for a rookie that's really tough i also got hurt in summer league so didn't get to play in training camp was late then it's a bunch of veterans it's lebron's first year so the pressure was enormous like it was it, it, it was extreme the locker room was packed with media every like it was the finals like every day yeah I was I actually we have a we have an assistant coach now with Orlando Magic Jesse Pimmers he was he was with us with the Lakers and I was like Jesse man looking back at it now like that was a crazy year but I thought it was no and he like laughed at me he was like you thought that was normal like yeah I don't I don't, don't know any I don't have yeah. I don't have any perspective I don't have any context so I mean I I'm also very grateful for that year because it it taught me so much about the league. It taught me so much about that business, and I kind of make cool relationships too in that locker room. I'm not gonna lie, and also obviously LA was sick too. So I'm very happy I went through that, um, and it was a cool experience. But it obviously, could have gone better on a on a sports level <laughs> for sure. I feel like every uh, player or friend that I talk to that has played in in the NBA or high level basketball, whatever talks about that moment where they like kind of have the realization that like, this is a business. And for you to have that was an entirely different experience. than I think anybody else's, but people who watch you play know that you play with like so much joy and passion. And that's just kind of like the chip that you have. How do you wrestle or like kind of move back and forth between understanding that it is like a cutthroat business and that at the end of the day like 
we're all in kind of some twisted way like assets to also like maintaining and, and you talked about it earlier but like maintaining a love of basketball and being like you in your best form which is like tongue out Wagner you <laughs> scrappy know, yeah going down the sideline you know talking shit like just kind of being European flamethrower you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> nice you, we might have to explain that later but <laughs> um well I've gotten to learn and uh, especially my time in DC or after my time in DC like I don't think and I've obviously you've been extremely great like you've been great at that um that you you kind of got to embrace yourself as a basketball player you kind of got to that's i think the hardest thing for young players to understand me included um you got to find your niche you got to find out what makes you good and valuable in that league because people are really really good at what they do and if you don't i had a coach in la who, who would always say that and i'm still in touch with him sometimes he would say like that's your you got to find your superpower and then do that on a daily basis. So that's kind of like what I went through. And um, that's I've, I've gotten to know that if I don't have joy, I'm not that good. Like I'm not, I'm not myself. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the basketball player I can be. So you kind of have to just simply forget about the business. And that's, that's easy to say because people getting cut here and there, getting traded every day. Literally, I have no clue who plays on what team right now because there's so much going on right now. But I'm trying to like distance myself from that world just because what I want to do is get in the gym in the morning with my guys and hoop and talk shit. That the same the next day. Like I don't want to like think about it too much because at the end of the day, you can't really control it anyway. Like I. I thought I, I would always think like I remember being a rookie in LA. I said, "Yeah, yeah, I, I, I might be able to like just stick here, you know, like thinking I could control it in some somehow. Like you can't, like you, you really can't. And then all of a sudden you're waved and you're out of the league. So it's um, you kind of kind of just remove and find the joy of basketball and like do that on a daily basis and see what happens. It's and trust it honestly, trust it. I'll, I'll say this you were playing with joy this morning you were a problem in Chrysler. <laughs> i appreciate it i don't know if it's just you being back on your home court i don't know what it was uh, <laughs> it's can, not my home court can i get a breakdown of european flamethrower uh i mean yeah what was it? it's it's a it's a johnny b classic it is a coach uh, yeah. Yeah. john yeah john beeline kind of used to have little uh little sayings for each of us and actually i think it was my senior year he wanted us all to establish like a mantra <laughs> and it was a way this is like very quintessential john beeline uh we were getting ready to like gear up for like the the run to end the season which we ran off like 12 straight yeah we were uh, so it. you know we can say what we want about his mantra it worked clearly it worked <laughs> exactly. um, and he like brings us into the film room and he's like i have an assignment for all of you i want you to go home and i want you to come back tomorrow and i want you to have a mantra and he gave an example of his mantra. I remember it was like, I'm not going to try to recall it off the top of my mind, but it was it was nicely put together. And Mo came back and said like, some people had like longer ones. Mo's was like very simple. And it ended in like, I'm a European flamethrower. No, yes. I literally said like, so it was one of these things where like you two, I was low key thinking about it like, I'm too cool for this shit. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, and, 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 Coach Beeline, I mean, 
Like, again, I was when in the corner, like totally bought in. Like, yeah, yeah. All right, coach. Like I'll go home. I'll go home. I'll write it out. Write like, an essay. Yeah, Doug is on his I fourth think it, page. No, it was literally. I think it was a text. I think he. We should text him at night, so it wasn't. Public. Yeah, that was it. That's right. We weren't supposed to. T- but we he read him in front of everybody. In, or, or, I I don't know, but I was like, dude, this is stupid. Like in, he's like, coach, have you seen like draft boards? Like I'm, I'm going <laughs> no, no, in the no, no, lottery. No. Like First why am I writing? I wasn't on the draft board that point. No, I'm just kidding. So not really. Um. I just, I, it was like a too cool for school moment. I just take some, dude, like, okay, I'm, let's make this simple. And it said some, I was, it was half joke, half serious. And he came back the next day and just like called me out for it in a good, and he loved it, like in a good way. I was like, whatever. And now we saw him today and he like told that story again or called me that and it kind of stuck. But uh, yeah, I wish it was like that constantly. <laughs> you, uh, you talking about pickup this morning, Davis. I kept looking over because you were watching with, with our, our guy, Joey. Uh, I shout kept, out Joey. Joey's yeah, in this house. Out out ben Avaria. Uh, I kept, I kept looking, I kept looking over and, and smiling at you guys because, you know, we're it's kind of like an alumni versus current player situation, and like it's definitely competitive for sure. But then it's like very classic Mo, just like taking it to another level and like telling Hunter <laughs> Dickinson like you can't guard me. And, like, I did not do. Shit. <laughs> what do you mean you didn't? Do? Of course, well, so Hunter started it. Yeah, Hunter talks shit, so you gotta say that. Anyways, first. as soon as Mo goes goes to that place, it's like if you're not involved in it, like if you're involved in it, it's aggravating to right. the point where like we've had moments where we've almost swung on each other. I was going to say, Duncan is telling the story in a way where you would think it's a me thing, but Duncan has a similar dynamic going on about him where he takes little things to a point where it gets very annoying on a competitive level and I could literally kill him for it. Like it's not even that basketball. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but like you're right. We, we had moments where you're like almost swung age or you did actually. Well, swung. we had, we had times in my <laughs> senior year. Oh my It God. was like, it was overexposure. Like we lived together. We would work out together. We practice together. We'd eat every meal together. It just became like too much no one i mean to the point where like once we got in a competitive environment against each other we like just let out all of our like <laughs> shit like all of our issues were then like just put on the table yeah it's, and uh that was dangerous yeah really. kind of like the culmination of that <laughs> was right before the draft oh yeah that's I, you know i was like i was like a bitter 24 year old you know what i mean yeah he's like the, the 21 year old who's like knew gonna, he was going first yeah round. he's no he's in the first round i'm like begging teams to have me come work out yeah, you're looking at real estate in he's, poland he was texting mark, uh, mark from from the podcast yeah can i have like an internship please <laughs> yeah, for exactly. a bleacher report yeah, i'm looking for backup jobs at the ringer uh and mo just hits me with like just such a subtle jab he's like i think i don't think i called a foul or, or something happened. yes you definitely i, I probably a called a foul fine <laughs> fuck it i called a foul and mo's like that might be a foul in the Big Ten, but not in the NBA where I'm playing or something like that. Mind like, you, mind you, I have no clue about the NBA. Like, nobody. And yeah, I'm right. just like, that like just set me, like already, I mean, I was obviously so happy for it because he's my guy, but like in that moment. No, like, you don't have to explain it's it. It's like, who the fuck does this guy think that he is trying to big boy me right, right yeah. now? And I mean, for good reason. That's, I mean, we've had plenty of those situations, yeah. but I mean, I would hate myself too. I'm so then, like the next possession, there's like a big bump. 
ball basically like just gets dropped and we just square up. No, we literally uh, like actually, legitimately like. Oh, yeah, I've never yeah. heard this story. Uh, yeah, we nothing got, happened because we're you we're soft. You're both soft. Yeah, yeah. We're both, both scared of that action. If we're being honest. Yeah, but in that moment, it felt like it might happen. No, it got serious. I remember thinking being like close fist like. Am I going to swing on him? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what would that mean? Like, 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 what happens yeah. if I do this? You're Am I doing this? Fist. What's going to uh, happen? And then it was like classic one of those, like somebody come separate us. Somebody yeah, come right. separate And we got separated. We made and then it. somebody came yes. and separated. And then as soon as they grabbed me, I'm like, oh, oh no, no, no. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, good. We don't have to swing now. We're we good. Um, but yeah, you know, then it was like. And it, it's one of these things where it started friendly, like it wasn't that serious of a three on three like it wasn't even like all just three and three players from the basketball team it was like yeah. our friends it was yeah it just it, escalated very it, quickly it got to a point where the, we surpassed the level where it's not it's just not a good thing that's why i said i don't play one-on-ones with my brother now i probably won't get over uh, uh can't avoid it anymore but we didn't like at some obviously at some point as a bigger brother you don't want to play against them either because you don't want to lose but um, because it's your little brother but also we just like would fight all the time it just didn't get us anywhere so why would we do it it's beautiful it, it's you guys have the brotherly relationship it's amazing <laughs> this is a perfect segue to uh, Duncan's only technical as a <laughs> professional basketball player which is largely because it's of amazing. you and by largely I mean entirely yeah, yeah and I mean, entirely yeah can we get a breakdown of that moment well i asked duncan about it he got all pissed at me <laughs> i i would like to tell it from my perspective yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well before duncan tells the story duncan killed us that game duncan uh had seven threes i remember john wall was like dude this guy can really fucking shoot i'm like yeah buddy like i, I have no shit like i've been seeing this shit for like eight years feels like so this is not a surprise yeah we were in uh we were in dc actually fun little fact about this story is that both of our parents were at this game Wow. Your, I think your mom was there. My mom. Was my there. grandparents were there because my brother played at Maryland. That That's day. right. And That's I drove right. with your mom. You guys obviously had shoot around and yeah, Miami Heat. Yeah, Heat Miami culture, Heat culture you know? had shoot around, and we didn't. Uh, we had we had shoot arounds before the game, so I I was able to go to the game to see my brother at Maryland, and Duncan's mom came with us because our families are friends too. And then I remember taking an Uber back with Duncan's mom. And, uh, yeah, we took a nap in the car from Maryland to the gym. And then uh, we played Duncan. It's kind of, like, funny. but uh, And they obviously – you guys whooped our ass. So Duncan It was, was actually a close game. Yeah. Um, but it came down to the wire. This was, like – it was either third or fourth quarter. And I had hit a couple. I can't remember who was guarding me, but, like – You're also on a little bit of a hot streak at that point. Like, it was that stretch where you had a couple games in a row with, like, seven yeah, or eight threes. I mean, so, I so he's feeling himself I a little hit, bit. Uh, and I remember saying something, like, in the shoot-around, like, dude, like, please don't let this guy get off. Like, I hate when, like, my friends play well against me. That's I'm the also, worst. The I'm worst. obviously, like, happy for him, but, like, dude, come on. Like, I, I've seen this guy kill all the time. I remember a situation in summer league my rookie year. I was like, dude – like don't sweet, don't let him score. Like please, just fuck him up. <laughs> it was something like that too. And then the guy comes out and hits eight threes on us. It was not eight, but I appreciate seven. That. I was seven. You hit twenty. You had twenty three points. I don't remember that shit. Anyways, uh, we're in Washington D.C. Third or fourth quarter, and I had hit a couple. Whoever was guarding me decided to get a little physical. Who was guarding you? I honestly don't remember. Who was guarding I, hit, I don't remember, but I also maybe Troy up. Brown. I don't know. But Duncan acts like, yeah, obviously, yeah, we got physical. Yeah, somebody yeah. got physical. Anyways, you. I did kind of like my classic, like, yeah, I was gonna say. 
push off to create space, which I usually don't get called for. <laughs> there was a little bit of a, you know, embellishment on the reaction mm, of the defense kind of throws yeah. that back. I get called for an offensive People foul. don't flop in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about that. Um, I get called for an offensive foul. Obviously, I adamantly disagree. And I'm starting to walk back. And, of course, Mo, like <laughs> – that's most favorite thing in the world, right? To see to see me have a turnover uh, cost my team a possession. So he kind of like claps. He does the yeah, claps in my face and then bumps me. No, 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 hold on, hold on. That's not. I told him it's about damn time that he gets that call because Duncan does this every time, <laughs> as he should. But you bumped me. I did not bump you, buddy. I walked up to you. We're going to pull up the clip. Yeah, we can pull up the clip. It's all good. He initiates the contact. I did not. That's why I got the technical because (laughs) he pushed me. I never gotten the technical. First of all, it was a double technical, first of all. Yeah, which I did not deserve. I had never gotten a technical before. We should play... We should play my, uh, what's it called? The audio message I sent to the MVPA after the game where yeah. I argue that technical Did fight. you actually? We actually. 100% I yeah. argued that call. We both got money back for the technical. So for, <laughs> At the same, really? For people the same who maybe, maybe don't know this, if you get a technical in the NBA, it's a $2,500 fine. And you can appeal any technical. So in that one, my appeal was... It was my friend, and we were just kind of messing around. Now, in the moment, I was absolutely pissed right. off yeah, right. and probably deservedly got a technical. Probably. But he bumped me. In that moment, it wasn't like we were playing an NBA game. It was like Mo in like open gym or something just like was being an asshole, and I just like shoved you because you are being an and asshole. And I will say it was also a little too easy. I'm not going to lie. Just like knowing you, like it was just too easy. Like just I knew if somebody else would have done it, you wouldn't have pushed that guy. You would have right. just walked you No, know, because it was you. Yeah, 100%. It was entirely strategic on you. I, <laughs> Honestly, Quality smart. gamesmanship. Yes, and the, I the reason I didn't get the whole technical back is because I was being provocative. That That's like the reason mm. I get as an instigator. Provocative. You as are a, provocative. As an instigator, court, I, I guess you, you deserve a technical foul. But it, it made me proud a little bit that I didn't know it was your first one. but My first ever. Actually, I got one in Summer League. Um, yeah, count. that does not count. Yeah, it doesn't really count. You get 10 fouls at Summer League. So How many technicals true. have you had just in your life playing basketball? I had one other. Um, it was fifth grade at a Rochester, New Hampshire Christmas tournament. Oh, no. My not Christmas. In, my mom was in the crowd. Uh, I had to travel late in the game. I slammed the ball down. It bounced over my head. I was a fifth grader. A little bold by the ref to tee me up. <laughs> yeah, right. he, te- he teased me up. And Technical my, fouls in the fifth grade? Yeah. Like, guy, this isn't about you. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's, about a lot, it's Christmas. Anyways, so he teased me up. My mom... I've I've made some mistakes in my life. Never before has she been as disappointed in me <laughs> as when I got I a technical so in a fifth grade Christmas tournament. That's awesome. She was mortified and she crushed me on the drive home for days actually after the fact. How unacceptable it was, how I was embarrassing her. Um, and then ever since then, I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to get any technicals. And then Moritz wow. comes around <laughs> and in front of you know 18,000 people on national television – uh, 18,000 people in the arena and then on national television yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, he makes me commit a technical. There weren't 18,000 people at that game. First Probably of all. not, honestly. S- secondly, so you're telling me that's your second technical ever? Summer League. Oh, would yeah, be, right, right. That right. would be my third. We're not going to count that one. Now, Mo, on the other I hand, I only had two had, technicals in my life, too. So Mo <laughs> has plenty of technicals, and I've witnessed a whole handful of them firsthand. So, I mean, first of all, in college, I had two technicals. They were both double technicals. 
Really? That's it? That's it. So people, that's my, that's what bothers me. Like people come up to me, like I get technicals quicker too because they think I'm like an asshole or something. I'm like trying to be a nice guy to everybody. Uh, like, you're provocative. Okay. I mean, like <laughs> you, we can only push this stick so right. far. Yeah, like, yeah. You're scrappy. I think scrappy is the word. How is, how is doing your patented behind the back move, shoving somebody off and then yelling, you can't fucking guard me? How is that being a nice guy? Please tell me. But that does not deserve to get a technical quicker than a normal nice guy like you. Like just, just because the joy you shoot of basketball. Them. Yeah, exactly. Just because you shoot it from half court doesn't mean like you deserve a technical less than me. I think it's more. I like will say the, that I'm very familiar with the process of fighting technical <laughs> fouls. <laughs> Wait, you got ejected, by the way. I did get ejected. <laughs> once, you're, once you get ejected, you lose all ground right. to, to yeah, argue. Yeah, yeah. That, that you... being said, that was absolutely ridiculous. That ejection, <laughs> it was a Madison Square Garden. Wait, what did Scott Brooks say? No, that you? was... <laughs> this is an all was, This is amazing. I felt so terrible. I was like embarrassed. And Scott Brooks just goes... So, hold on. I got a... The first one was a double technical, which I didn't deserve on Julius Randall. I said on a legal screen... It's all fine. Like I do that. We do that's that's what happens, right? So Julius Randall walks up to me, does the tough guy thing, deservingly so. It's his gym. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> I'm meditating. Literally, I do not say a word. And he walks up to me. Again, no hard feelings. We both get a technical. Fine with me. I don't I don't give a shit. That being said, I also can't afford as many technicals as he can. So <laughs> pockets look a little different. <laughs> it's a little different. So literally twenty or two minutes later, it, it felt like just like right afterwards, I get another foul. I'm about to get subbed out, and I'm saying to myself, "Man, that's bullshit." The ref stands right there, doesn't even see my face, and thinks I'm talking to him. Gives me a technical foul, and like ejects me right in front of my of our bench. And Coach Brook, I was like, "Dude, like I was Loki talking to you about subbing me out right now." And Coach Brooks just goes, like, I don't know if, if you know Coach Brooks, like, he's he's not a man of, like, a lot of words. Like, he, he'll just tell you what to do very simply in a very, like, straight way. Just so, just get the fuck out of the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and and used to, the next thing you see is just, like, taking off. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I just ran straight out of the out of the gym. I was like, dude, this is so fucking embarrassing. I love how, it, like, in those moments, you'd, like, hopefully expect your coach to maybe, like, lobby for you. Right. Like, I know, I know. Like, these refs are terrible. No, he was like, just get the fuck out. Mo, <laughs> like, I'm, I've, I've had enough. Get the fuck out of the gym. And then, and then, and then it, the worst thing about that was too is the last game in front before the all-star break so i literally went with that feeling into the all-star break and i was like dude this sucks like i came home at night i was like dude i'm never getting injected again so we'll hope we keep that up wow <laughs> Un unbelievable <laughs> next stuff. time we play the miami Heat, we'll see about it. At the, at the risk of just making it sound like you cause trouble in every game that you're in, I do. we're in a point where I do want to now transition to the Giannis headbutt because that's another uh, scrappy... I mean, it's just, it's just <laughs> must talk about. Like, we have to... We would, be doing, TV, right? we would be doing everybody a disservice if we yeah. didn't bring it up in some capacity. It's another okay, altercation. So we'll, we'll talk about it. If you promise me that if uh, the MVP, uh, finals MVP comes on your podcast soon, you ask him the same question. Because I'm super curious. I want to be in a room with him and ask him about it too because I'm super curious what happened there. <laughs> Well, no. So you, he's coming downhill in transition. Yeah. Okay. Right? You I, take it a little Paint the picture. Somebody paint the picture. 
you paint yeah, the picture. You, no, you, that's you paint the picture. So it was a chip. It was kind of a chippy game. It seemed like this is from my perspective. It's like, also like set the table first. Like it's washing wizards who had lost six straight in the bubble yes. against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. Who about to so be the number to one beat seed. the Miami Heat yes. in the playoffs and aren't. Yes. I'd, I'd actually like to set a, a bigger table here. Okay. In Good. that, generally, you are somewhat of an agitator. Provocative, and, and I think Fair. that you've you've almost kind of like worn that hat proudly of like this is who I'm going to be. This is kind of like what I'm bringing to the table. I'm going to take charges. I'm going to kind of get in people's heads. So I, I just want to lead with that. Lead, Go ahead. Led the league in charges. Yeah, I'm not saying that as a as a negative or as a jab. No, that's no, a, that's not a, a I think it's 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 like mental warfare. And I, that's like what we're talking about. Like, be good at what you're good at. Like, right. that's that's your values. So it's an element you it's bring your to the game. superpower. So also like superpower. Like then be good at it. Like obviously, and I'm trying to. Obviously, you can't get to a point where it doesn't. It has to help you and your team. You can't surpass that, and then you're just in your different world. And I don't know. You do just crazy shit all game because you're trying to provoke somebody. That's not the point of doing that at all. But the honest thing was. I mean, I don't know if we painted a picture enough, but <laughs> you're being you're being an agitator, you're being provocative, you're playing with joy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I guess we did play them very physical. We actually played them really well. Um, that was also their second last game before the playoffs against the Orlando Magic. I think they so already had the one seed locked up. They did not give a fuck. Yeah. So they and I respect Giannis playing in that game. Honestly, like you, you got to credit them. They went for the whole squad. They went there in there. And they played against us, a team that literally has no business of being there. Right, like we had lost six straight. Um, the bubble is over in like four days, and we're so excited to go on vacation because <laughs> the last six weeks have been hell. <laughs> and uh, you kind of try to get out of Orlando as soon as possible. So that's well, kind of the well, uh, be careful. That's your city now. That's your home. Or city. Disney World. Sorry. Yeah, there you better go, Orlando, <laughs> Town, baby. <laughs> but. Um, Nothing against Orlando, obviously. Um, so you're trying to get out of your fucking hotel room. And um, that's the different mindsets uh, colliding in that game. And then also there's that point where Giannis is the MVP. You know it. And you're obviously trying to piss him off a little bit. Or try to... The best team in the league right now. Try to piss them off. And yeah. because nobody thinks you can win anyway. So might as well have some fun. So we did play them pretty well. Um, and instigated... I mean, we were just very physical with them, I think. That being said, Giannis played 11 minutes that game and had a like a double double with like five assists. So it's like incredible when you look at the stat sheet. Like I think he had like four points that game. I played for 35 minutes, and I got him ejected, and he had like 13, 12, and five in like nine minutes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which hey. is like absurd to think of, think about. So. um yeah, he flat out headbutted me. I mean, <laughs> we skipped just some got steps. right to the chase. <laughs> That's all what happens, dude. That's all what happens. He's coming downhill after a little bit of a chippy game. You take a charge with some flair. There's some sauce on the charge. Some European flair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that shit hurts too. I'm not gonna lie. You can't do that. For, I always think like, okay, I've like maybe 50 charges left in my life because that that shit <laughs> yeah. really hurts. So, Especially if, everyone, if Giannis runs into you. If like, everyone has a certain amount, you're getting there very quickly. No, I'm I'm there soon. No, so then a timeout's called. Hold on. So it starts earlier, and I think this is where Giannis gets pissed is the fact that so there's a box out before that play, and. Giannis like has very long legs and I like 
I don't blindside him on purpose, but like I box him out hands high on the on the on the weak side, like push him underneath the basket. That being said, Giannis doesn't have to box out anybody because he grabs like thirty rebounds a game just by being there. It's like so it's like incredible to watch. So I'm over there just like trying to push him You're underneath. Doing your job. Yeah, I'm doing my job. Trying to get and I hit him a little I think unlucky and not on purpose. That being said, it's hard for people to believe that, but it's just what I it believe is. That. I believe that. And I he fails that. awkward. He falls awkwardly. And obviously, when the MVP falls, like people get like, "Oh shit!" And then I'm like, "It's a mix between like, okay, he f- just fell because I boxed him out, and also like being surprised. Why the fuck did he just fall that easily?" And I look back and I'm like, "Look at him." I don't say anything. I don't look at him, and I think he took it as, "Yeah, sit down," like type shit, and got up. Budenholzer is calling a play. And I'm I'm watching Giannis the entire time. Boonholz is calling a play, and Giannis said, "Fuck that! Give me the ball! <laughs> Give me the ball!" Takes the ball and just dribbles downhill, like with his look on his eyes, like he's trying to fucking kill me. And I literally just um, fell and hope that the ref, <laughs> I hope that the ref would call a foul. And the ref called the foul on my side. I'm not sure if it was a charge or it not. It was questionable. It was. I mean, you were like kind of sliding. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, who cares at it that point? It was a great play. It was a great play. Who I mean, cares yeah. at that point? So I walk back, and on the video clip, you can tell, like, I look at their bench. I'm like, I look at DJ Wilson. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker is about to get serious. But I'm trying to focus on – trying to focus. I knew he was pissed. But I don't want to be the first guy to do something. Right. So they call the timeout. I, I've walked already to their side. Because I'm trying to get out of there because Giannis already wanted to say something. I walk out and then somebody calls a timeout and we cross paths again. And I could tell he was like trying to talk or do anything. He was going for anything. And we literally cross paths and I look away and I would have never expected him to headbutt me. Like I was ready to like be pushed, do the like hold me back thing and like maybe get him a technical, you know. I was like, it's kind of cool like to get the MVP a technical, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Provocative. Like, yeah, like my position was like, yeah, dad, look at that. That's me. Like, cool. But like I would have never expected him to headbutt me. That shit hurt too. I was like, <laughs> I Bro, what it. the hell just happened? I was like, damn. I know he's out now, so I'll just walk back to the bench and like laugh my ass off. And but it was like not funny it was just weird <laughs> just a weird situation i mean that was very much like a viral social media moment of like yeah you don't see headbutts yeah. in nba games very often so i went funny story about that i went to greece that summer after like on my vacation with some friends i went to this small village and they obviously and somewhere in at some island in greece and they asked me about like if i play basketball and if i know Giannis. And then we pulled up the clip and showed it to them, and they uh, gave us uh, like food for free and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Super oh, excited! I thought they were gonna like kick you out of the yeah, restaurant. No, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but I guess Giannis never been to pa- Palos. I guess I don't know. I was scared I, they, they wouldn't let me into country. <laughs> I guess it wasn't that famous for me. That w- that was fantastic because like I've seen that mo in so many like closed door settings. And then to have it go viral right like that and to like do it on that stage and have everybody be like, I mean, first of all, there's like a lot of 
misguided information around or like people jumping to conclusions around like, Oh, you're dirty, this, that, or whatever. Um, but like for me, it was just like, Oh, that's, that's just Mo. Like, well, of, yeah. co- of course Giannis would have butt Mo because right. it's, it's so Mo. my, the, 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 the difficult part for me is, um, because I'm obviously embracing that role too. And I like it and I enjoy it, enjoy it. But now the consequence out of that situation is I have beef with Giannis, which is not true. Like I like, you know, I love watching that dude play. Like I, I was happy for him. Like, that's like, that's a narrative that I don't like, you know, and that's whether that's Giannis or if I get a technical with you or let it be Draymond Green. I don't care. Like, I don't, I don't care about like, that's just not what I'm trying to do whatsoever in that moment. So, um, that's the only thing I'm a little scared of that people are just not going to like me anymore. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is a great place to squash that beef. yeah um, i think you're coming across pretty likable i will uh, i appreciate that guys yeah. thanks i'm yeah, trying I, hard yeah, I, <laughs> I think that so often nba fans jump to conclusions around who players are based off of like a handful of moments but that being said is also like why we make a lot of money and why it's popular because the drama is amazing and people love yeah, that stuff but absolutely. i mean you're I mean, a part of the drama you are too. Uh, buddy. Are, I am too. I am so, too. but uh, when you are. when you're in the league long enough, you understand too. Uh, even like when, like I don't know, Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo get into things, right? They're on the team now. Like they're pros. They figure it out. Like that stuff is. There's levels to that stuff. Levels to that shit. Like y- you can put that away and just play. And um, obviously, this, yeah, it's it's just a different dynamic. But fans, I mean, eat it up. They love that stuff. Yeah, uh, you brought up playing with Russell Westbrook, uh, Rondo. LeBron, what have you seen? Like as as a young player, you've had some insight into some incredible veterans. Um, incredible. What are some of like your major takeaways, and from whom? Like, have you really kind of like acknowledged something? And be like, wow, that's what makes that person different. Putting you on the spot. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's tough. I I will say that it's fun. I thought about this the other day, like my rookie, I thought about who did I learn from the most? It was Rajon Rondo. He like kind of took me under his wing. Like he would make me go shoot with him in the morning. And then all of a sudden I have myself, like I would go to, my dad took me out of school to go to Miami to, for an Eastern conference final game where I was like 12 or something. And like, we just went to Miami, acted like I was sick in school. When my teacher sees this, I'm sorry. And like, I saw Rajon Rondo battling LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals, right in the in the highest ranks in in Miami, and now I'm like finding myself with Rajon Rondo and LeBron shooting before I shoot around in Las Vegas in my rookie year, so like stuff like that, like Rajon Rondo really helped me, like experience, and that was cool and taught me a lot of stuff. Then in Washington D.C., honestly, the two guys that I learned from the most was Russell. Uh, great like great guy good relationship with him and then ish smith um somebody that had a huge impact on me and how i want to do things as a pro um extremely underrated as a player first of all but i'm not even talking about that i'm like talking about like the way to approach how to approach this league how to approach the work in this league and i don't know like give yourself treat people like I've, I've thought about this the other day, like that, that guy like had really huge impact on me. I, th- I think about the stuff he does on a daily basis. Like it's in that I'm trying to be early at the gym. I remember his car was there every single time I pulled up. Like you can't beat that guy. And he, it doesn't matter if you had a good game. Like that guy scored 34 points against the Celtics 
Yeah, it looked like <laughs> he looked unbelievable. And the next day he was there, the first guy. Or if he scores zero points and had a terrible shooting night, doesn't care, doesn't matter. He'll, he'll be there with a smile on his face. Like I think he had a huge impact on me um, for sure. But there's so many guys, man. Bradley Beal, like I've had incredible teammates. John Wall even. It's like one of the first guys that texts me after every trade last year or when I got away, first guy to text me like, made relationships in this whole process that I'm super grateful for and um it's also pretty cool like to tell those stories that or the guys that I've been on a team with that's that's amazing you bringing up Ish Smith first off he is one of my favorite players in the NBA and I'm I'm not actually just saying that like the way that he pushes the tempo and a lot of times he's like a, a backup point guard um just like can shift the entire dynamic of the game and he is lightning quick uh, but it's also like you look at a guy like that i mean how tall is it five ten undrafted yeah so you look at somebody like that and he's been in the nba ten, 11 years 11 years or 12 with 11 teams and then you also hear what how you talk about his habits and how he approaches it every day and it's like all right well people think like oh that's crazy that Ish smith is just like stuck but like it's not an accident like clearly he's, 100%. he's handling his business to the point where he's everything that a coach needs from, you know, never have to worry about him, always going to show up on time, always going to like handle his business and be like a great voice and mentor for younger players. And the, my point I'm trying to make with that is too, like he does it with a joy. Like he, he really like what I've observed is like he figured it out somehow. Like he he comes in with a smile, even though we lost last night. I was like, at first, like, dude, like, we just lost. Be mad. But that, that was game 20, right? So in game 81, like, you exhausted if you attach yourself emotionally so much towards win, wins or losses. You forget about the present moment and what you're going to do the next morning. That dude perfected that. I'm, I have a lot of respect for that guy, really. Um, and then, I mean, I could talk about every teammate, but Russell Westbrook, to me, had a huge impact as well, just because, I mean, to see he's like a f obviously a face of the NBA, and he's also in the media a lot. People talk about him a lot. Like, the way he treats people as a superstar stuck with me, too. Um, just the the way he rolls with his teammates, it was I mean, that's, that's very impressive, and I, I do not take that for granted because I know it's not everywhere like that in the league. It's pretty wild that you are now sort of a veteran on a team dude I was like thinking about, I'm not a veteran well, especially in, in Orlando like yeah, you guys that, are incredibly that, young we are that is have a lot of potential future's bright in Orlando <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if you saw that clip with John John Isaac. Isaac unbelievable clip dude, yeah. yeah 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 it's so awkward and so awesome it's like he he went all the way he just like pulled through he, he went all the way it was dope no but you're right we were playing open gym the other day and um we were like making teams and I said Mo to Mo Bamba. It's like Mo, um, we're on a team together with all the young guys. And we're like looking at each other laughing, like everybody's fucking young here. Like nobody's like older than twenty five years or Gary Harris was the oldest guy in the gym right there. Like that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, obviously given Rob like some of the vets weren't in there yet, but like that is a very young team and uh, I'm very excited to be part of it. The uh, the Jonathan Isaac clip for some context is he gets asked in a zoom interview uh who has Amazing. a brighter future than the orlando magic and just deadpan just doesn't say anything yeah, well, i think it was like can you list the teams that have a yeah can you list the teams and that have a brighter future and he doesn't say shit and he <laughs> just looks silent. straight in the camera and it's so weird a part of me makes me think it was like a setup 
That, like, such no. a weird question. Yeah, like that, that it was true. like so perfectly asked that it was like. But he's also waiting for somebody to ask the next question, and then when they don't get it, like he's right, won't right. say it. He just grabs the water bottle and drinks, like <laughs> trying to have them acknowledge that, that like, this is the answer. This is the answer. <laughs> um, do we want to talk a little bit more about college, Mo? A hundred percent, please. I was gonna try to transition us back, but yes. I mean, I just want to try to talk about the the energy <laughs> well first of all duncan has put this narrative with this little reddit thing like duncan does all these social media things that's amazing right we can make fun Wait, of first it of all, it's it's trying to get the word out there about the podcast yeah right well whatever it is you put word this, out my there. co-host here is trying to provide for his family <laughs> so <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would appreciate it i'm paying if, you rent every month like yeah well, exactly if I you're literally say, taking money out of his pocket my, i'm right. trying to put money back in correct his it's a, if it's my reputation if my re reputation I have to sacrifice for that that's okay <laughs> i will say i i really i very much thought about telling that story so anyway dude i don't care i just i i i thought actually it's hilarious i don't really care at all but uh it is definitely like some it, it's a funny story and uh yeah i don't know i don't it was did it happen like that <laughs> anyway so for to get the the word out about this podcast i did a reddit ama which yeah. is like a reddit ask me anything uh created like a username went on there and of course, one of the questions was like, "Tell me a great Mo Wagner story." And I'll tell you this: I'm happy you picked that one. I was going to say <laughs> there were a litany to choose from, uh, and I I thought I I chose the one that like kind of towed the line between like fun but still acceptable yeah. and painted oh, an accurate picture picture of Mo. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, Mo is fresh on campus. He's on his visit. Uh, I'm hosting him. And we're at a fine establishment called Scorekeepers Bar and Grill, uh, which to those of you who maybe Shout know out. Ann Arbor, uh, it's somewhat of an undergrad watering hole. Um, <laughs> but you can't have great food there, too. On Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday nights where you know students come together. It's a family establishment. Yeah, enjoy each do other's homework, company. Do homework, uh, study. No, I mean, like to actually paint a picture, it's just like very much like a college dive bar. It's the college bar. On yeah, bar. it's just like quintessential college bar. Anyways, we bring Mo uh, to scorekeepers on his visit and, you know, I'm trying to be the adult in the room here. I, I was like 23 or 22, whatever I was right. at this time. And he's like an 18, 17 year old. Yeah, I'm he, he was yeah. 17. And uh, I go up to him like, hey Mo, like just so you know, man, like people are probably going to be offering you drinks. Like don't feel like you have to drink anything. That means that we also had practice at nine a.m. Like I had, to and we have yes, and we have practice like the next so morning. Off. So like the last thing I wanted to do was like put you in a tough spot where like yeah. you drink a lot and then Reasonable. you wake up the next it was morning. And a very nice move. Feel like you can't play basketball. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that like you know you had some support. Yeah, Mo looks at me like fucked up. Like he looks at me like I just like disrespected his family <laughs> name, and and goes, goes, are you kidding me? Because I'm from Germany. This shit is like apple juice. It <laughs> proceeds to pound, I believe it was a Bex, or maybe it was a Stella at twelve. Uh, it was one or the other. And it, in that moment, I was just like, wow. Oh, wait. That being said, though, I, the, we have to talk about the, the, the alcohol thing, I think, because it's fascinating to me when I came to college, like obviously being from Germany, like you, you can start, like people start drinking so early yeah. and it's not even the, the crazy drink that, because when I came here, I, I saw people just getting absolutely 
wasted and i mean there's something to say about having fun and all that in college like that's cool but like it was so uh, oh, st- you've never been drunk before no no, no. <laughs> i i drink a glass of wine and that's it no but there's there's a difference no 100 percent. and what i've kind of noticed is that people i don't know like they had it's a status like it's cool to get fucked up and we never like i've never had that feeling that it's like cool and i, I think it's partially partly too because when you start being in touch with that stuff's earlier in your life i don't know you can say i'm a hypocrite no no i i you you I establish a certain like i don't know like responsive sense of responsibility for it or you say okay it's it's not that cool you know what yeah. i mean like and that that's something that i've picked up on here is like people just going absolutely crazy for no reason and they being stupid it's no, I, I think that that's pretty widely accepted that our country has a distorted relationship with alcohol, particularly like in yes, college settings. For sure. Um, so, yeah, you know, you might have stepped on campus as a young 17 year old, but you were, you know, wise beyond your oh, years. 40 in alcohol years. No, yeah, now everybody in thinks I'm an alcoholic. I 40, appreciate yeah. that, guys. 40 in alcohol we years. Can cut that out. This is 10, 10 years old in emotional maturity. Uh, but, you I'm know. I'm 11 now. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, Morris, we've been, we've been at this quite a while. Is there anything else you want to touch on? I want to I wanna give you the opportunity well, to I'm, speak I, on this platform. Uh, on this platform. Well, I'm curious, Davis. I have a question for you oh, because God. i know both of you guys really well um and i mean i've we've had our nuts we have our fun times communicating we've also had our struggles yeah there's one question that i'm burning to ask you oh no wow. about this whole podcast thing first of all you guys are doing great work like i i Thank didn't you. believe at first that because i always knew duncan was a big podcast guy I would like listen to all these podcasts when we were like skip 15 seconds, do the 15 seconds thing on the plane. I was like, what the hell is this guy doing over there? Just listening, listening, killing Bill Simmons podcast, um, everything. Um, and I think this is pretty cool. But, uh, and also to see how much work this is, like just setting up a setting like this took us like <laughs> it's a pretty elaborate set over here. Oh, yeah, bro. yeah, It's yeah. like 40 yeah, Taking us four or five minutes. How, my question. Yeah. How, easy slash hard is it to work with uncle robinson on a thing like this it is because i i i just it's a dream come true <laughs> yeah there i just are. assumed it demands a lot of patience and a lot of communication so i would love no, to let's, let's air to, out the dirty laundry go ahead yeah. hear Full your disclosure answer. so here here's an honest answer i fight this balance of understanding he has a lot of things on his he has more important things to focus on like you know winning basketball games for the heat is his priority but, but you also know that has nothing to do with it. Mo, yeah. getting him, getting him on the phone, is impossible. It's impossible. Who you tell him? And we have to, we have to schedule these weekly. And I'm calling. You know, he's. It's gotten to the point where he knows I'm calling about the podcast. So I think he's screening my calls. He, he just won't answer unfair. me. He just won't answer me. It seems unfair, but it isn't. So here, we've we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. The pros are that we see each other all the time. We've been together yeah. the last you know, like four weekends, which is amazing. We, you know, we used to see each other like once or twice a year. Now we're seeing each other once or twice a month, which is, which is great. Uh, The cons are that we see each other all the time as well. (laughs) The cons are that we've talked about. This is probably going to ruin our friendship at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. When you, this ends in one way, actually it ends in two ways. We either, we either surpass Rogan we cash out and we never speak to each other ever again. Which is fine by me yeah. and by you probably. The, right. more li- yeah. the more likely outcome is that 
something happens that we butt heads over. Yes. The pod breaks, yeah. splits up, yeah. and we never speak to each other again. So either way, we would probably never speak to each other again. That being said about the pod, I remember listening to the first one and you guys were talking about like some Reddit question like Fred Van Fleet on top of Kyle Lowry. I was like, guys, <laughs> what, I will say, I'll take the blame for that one. Some of the more out there content has been uh, Davis. got to keep the people on their toes. No, I, I will say this. You guys evolved uh, as a podcast. Good. I respect that. It's all about growth. Also, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how other friends think about that. Like, guys come up to you and, like, congratulate on the podcast. Like, I can't really listen to it because, like, I know you guys so well. Like, when you guys put on this, like, I mean, it's pretty authentic, but too, like, we have different conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to hear yeah. your voices in that setting is weird. I get that. Like, I, I can't listen. I, so, I have to re-listen to these episodes after yeah. they come, but before they come out. It's one of my least favorite things to do in well, the world. Like, I listen to it very... I obviously subscribe, obviously. Come on. That's all that matters. Yeah, it's all that matters. Keep pumping all numbers, you care about anyway. But uh, I uh, very selectively pick the podcast I listen yeah, to. that's okay. Depending on the guest. I hope Here, you listen to this one. Let me... Let Myself? Me, no, yeah. definitely not. I'll, I'll, let me seriously answer your question. I... Our relationship is, is great with this work. It, he wanted a co-host for this reason is that he has other stuff to worry about so yeah, sure. i try to take as much as i can off his plate he's really really good at this just naturally so it it affords him the ability to not have to worry about it all week he can just sort of show up do a little research on the guest think about what he wants to talk about with a guest did a lot of research with you by the way yeah and then when the lights are on he Great. just you know he performs it's what he does well i will say this too i don't i mean people probably love it but like that's one thing about duncan like we we were at a, at a wedding last last weekend the speech he gave, I oh, was, was like, amazing. I will say this: I don't know if the right word is eloquent, but like, that's a great word for it, Ma. I did not understand a third of the vocabulary <laughs> he he put out there. But he does it and a little I, bit to like flex. No, and that bothers me. Right. He right. does this like Harvard. I went to Williams thing where he like he speaks so like yeah. I don't know like so smart, and we know it doesn't have to be like right. that. And also, I'm German, Guys, so it pisses I, me off. I don't understand why we need to drag my name to the just because <laughs> no, I'm operating on a higher frequency. It's, like, part, it's, it's, it's partly, it's like partially a compliment. It always, it's also pissing me off because yeah. I'm like, dude, like, what did he just, say? what is he saying? Right, right. And this isn't just the language barrier. There are, there are English, no, there are other people, that native English speakers who are in the know. crowd who feel the same way. It's like you could have just said you're happy. That being said. I'm Instead not, of elated, yeah, like I would say I'm elated. He had the word earlier. I have no clue what that meant. <laughs> Still though, and I, I don't. My thing is, I also don't need to. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, I'm cool with yeah, not. We we'll keep it moving. Anyways, all right. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, um, yeah. We got a dinner to go to. Yeah, we do have a dinner that we have to go to. I just want to say one more thing. We've talked a lot about you on this campus and and the weight that your name holds. How about? All the recognition Davis has Don't do this. this weekend. Oh my god! It's pretty fun to be. A it's part also of. it's also funny to watch Duncan jumping on it as soon as he like That's somebody comes up to like for the podcast. He's like, "Dude, look who I have here!" Exactly, it's Davis. That's Reed. what it is. <laughs> as and soon then, as I get a podcast reference, I go, "Well, you know, Davis is here." Right? Yeah. Well, like, I'll tell you this though, and we've talked about it earlier. Duncan like gets kind of it's not pit, like obviously we uh, there's a certain like habit you have when people come up to you it's like ask you for a picture it's like cool and also you don't want to be arrogant and like you do it and it's exciting but you do okay uh, where's the like how how are we getting out of this so we're not here for 30 minutes Davis has a whole different mindset he's like oh my god this is so dope this is awesome <laughs> like I this is kind of sick hell yeah I'm getting and a it, taste of it and I love it 
I love it. You got to lean I love in. It too. And you should embrace that. Now, here's what Duncan does. People approach him for the, for the, they say, oh my God, Duncan Robinson. By the way, dude, I love the podcast. And then it'll go, you know, Davis is right there. Yeah. And then someone will come say, oh, what's up, man? Yeah, I love the podcast. And next thing you know, Duncan is through that door. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's his way of getting out of the situation. And then is that he, what it is? Or am I trying to show some love to my co-host? Well, who puts a lot of work in time about Duncan, he finds these leads way, lead ways where he like makes you think he, he He's trying to position himself. It yeah. may, it may, he makes you think it benefits you. And yeah. it does in some way. But honestly, what he really wants is to get the fuck out. It's, yeah. it's, you yeah. guys are painting me as a very <laughs> schemy individual. Well, um, you're welcome, All right, well, this has been a lot of fun. That's what you yeah, do have great. a dinner that we need to get to, which I'm excited about. Me too. Uh, we are are hitting up Savas, which if you've been original, to, if you've been to Ann Arbor, Savas is a fantastic establishment. Shout out Savas. Uh, feels like home in many ways. I uh, used to do a lot of post game meals at Savas uh, with with the crew. But uh, Moritz Wagner, Victor actually Guys. is his, is his full name. Yeah. Victor Moritz Wagner. I appreciate. Uh, it. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, us. McBride. This the Olympian. A- we didn't even touch on that. He's an Olympian, by we'll the way. We'll do that next up. You're uh, coming for back. For your country, in. but uh, no, seriously, thank you for coming on. Um, you know, we thought about doing it for a while now. Uh, we almost reached so, out to you when we had people canceled because almost? we kind of had you in the back pocket. No, no, but we wanted, wanted to th- wait. We wanted to yeah, wait yeah, for had this to be setting. Yeah. I'm gonna just let that slide here for a second, yeah. just for the I mean, how special sake of it. We're doing this in my house. It's just it couldn't have <laughs> been more special <laughs> on your couch. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, anyways, thank you, Morris. Thank uh, you guys joining us, and uh, yeah, everybody have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week.